0: Well, hey there, let there be light. And here we are. Merry Christmas, almost, on the way. Second one, yeah, thank you, thank you. So I'm excited about us having a chance to open up God's Word. Let's ask Him to bless it first, can we? Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and to open up your Word and to hear from you. Thank you that this season we celebrate your coming in the flesh to make a difference for each one of us. So give us ears to hear you, that, um, that it might change us because of who you are and because of how much you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Christmas, what a strange season of the year at times, huh? It can really be different. But Christmas is also a defining season, whether you know it or not, it really is. It's a defining season. And how we, or let me, let, me, let me phrase it this way, how you celebrate the birth of that baby boy, or don't, defines who and what you live for. It really does. So in this season, along with the celebration, we should take a minute and reflect on who and what we actually live for. Emmanuel. That's the word that the Bible, uh, one of the names that they gave Jesus. What does that mean? God with us. God with us. us. Emmanuel means God with us. And isn't that what we want? It is what the people wanted prior to the birth of Jesus, is they wanted a Messiah, a Messiah who would come in the flesh, who would be with us. And they were looking forward to that, a God to live for. Now, if you do not know this, I'm going to give you a piece of information that is Really important if you are pursuing the God of the Bible. Here's that piece of information. The God of the Bible does things differently than we expect. Can you say amen to that? I mean, I mean, he does things differently than we expect. It does not look like we might think it will look. And by the way, the Messiah's birth was no different than that. It was different than anyone thought it would be, and yet it was so much exactly like God said it would be. He said, This is the way it's going to happen, and that's the way it happened. There was no doubt that God was fulfilling promises that He had told about all through the Old Testament. Just like He always does, however, not like, not like we expect. So often he acts not like we expect, but exactly like he planned. And that was the idea with the birth of Jesus as well. A God worth living for and, and a God who used, to, used people to carry out his plan and how he went about it. it says so much about him and actually says a lot about us as well. So that's what we're going to look at this morning, and our scripture reading from this morning is coming from Luke chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 26 to 28, so if you have your Bibles or whatever, your apps, you can follow along with me. And you've heard this story before, but listen to it like it's for the first time, all right? Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, that's Gabriel, who said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I am a virgin? The bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So far, may God bless the reading of his word to our hearts. Man, as I think about that whole picture that we just read right there, it seems so clear to me that it's not about your ability. It's about your availability. It wasn't about Mary's ability, it was about her availability. A young virgin girl, not perfect, not with status certainly, no prestige, but a girl making herself wholly available to God and God being with her, Emmanuel, God with us. It's what Mary wanted and it's what Gabriel told her was happening. Greetings favored one, the Lord is with you. Oh, he's saying, guess what? It's happening, Mary. The prophecy is being unfolded right now. And it's so clear that God was with Mary. But I got to be honest, what I am so impressed with is Mary's response to God. Her response demonstrated her availability. And it's the response that we should have to God for being with us because he is with us today. And when we understand what he has done for us, our response should be the same as Mary's. It should be, behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be to me according to your word. Now here's something interesting. When she said that, it actually triggered an agreement between her and God. Because Mary was giving herself to God as a gift to God. That's what she said, the gift of being a bond slave. Now, I expect that Mary had already made that choice. And that as Gabriel came and, and made the announcement to her, she was just reiterating her choice to both Gabriel and to God. Mary gave God the gift of being a bond slave. And God used her and Joseph because they were willing and available and ready to be used. Just ordinary people. Which which brings me to the next principle as I look at this scripture and think about it. You know what God uses? God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And that's good news for the person who was looking at you in your mirror this morning. Isn't it? God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. You say, Cliff, how do I know that? You open up God's word and you read it and you begin to see one person after another, a guy named David who winds up becoming king, who is a shepherd boy, last in the line of eight, the least expected to become a king. I look at him in Second Samuel. Then you can check out Gideon in the book of Judges. Gideon says, my, my tribe is the smallest tribe of all the Israel tribes. My clan is the least of those and I'm probably the last in my clan. And God ends up using him to lead the children of Israel. And then you think about Joseph this brother who was a little bit obnoxious about how God was giving him dreams and stuff like that winds up being a slave then winds up in prison and then God uses that ordinary guy to be the number two guy in all of Egypt and to save his children of Israel and you can read all about that in, in the book of Genesis and then you read an exodus about a guy named Moses who couldn't speak well he says I stutter all the time I don't even be able to speak and God says I'm going to use you as an ordinary person to do extraordinary things to take my people out of Israel. God wants to use you, wants to use you if you're available to him, will use you if you are available to him. But today I want to focus on one word that Mary used in her response to God. And the word is bond slave. Now. I want to focus on that because many of your translations don't say bondslave, they say servant. Some of them might say handmaid. I happen to like bondslave better because when you just look at the word servant, you have the idea perhaps of someone being hired to serve. And that is not the case in this particular situation. That's not the word that's used or the word that is meant there. And Mary knew the intent of the word bond slave, which is why she used that type of word. So our English translation where it says servant, I think leaves a little to be desired. We're going to fix that this morning, okay? So you'll be able to get a sense of what she was talking about. I know that Mary knew the intent of the word as bond slave because of her additional response to it. When she said, may it be done to me, she didn't say, may I do it. She said, may it be done to me in that way. So the Greek word that is used for servant in the Bible, that's translated servant in the Bible most of the times, is a word called doulos. And doulos, here's the definition of it. A slave. Stop right there a second. So it's not a servant, it's a slave. We understand that. A slave, one who is in a permanent relation of servitude toward another. It's a permanent relationship. So it's a slave that will remain a slave permanently all of their lives. His will being altogether consumed in the will of the other. What that really means is this, the person's will, their decision is to do everything to be consumed by doing the will of someone else, which happens to be the slave's master. So it's a slave who is serving a master and total objective is to do the will of their master. That's their will. Their will is consumed in the will of another. And then it concludes by saying, generally, one serving, bound to serve, bond servant or bond slave. And here's what's important. Bond slaves know who they live for. They know who they live for, and they know it's not themselves. They know they live for someone else, and they are available to the master. They don't have the right to choose like some servants might but they did choose their role they did choose their role they chose to be in that role and we'll see that in just a minute the idea of a bond slave actually comes from the old testament and is found in deuteronomy uh, chapter 15 verses 12 to 17. let's look at just 12 to 15 to start with it will give you an idea of what this of what the bond slave is it's the beginning of it okay here we go verse 12. if a fellow hebrew a man or a woman sells himself to you and serves you six years. In the seventh year, you must let him go free. And when you release him, do not send him away empty-handed. Supply him liberally from your flock, your threshing floor, and your wine press. Give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. That's why I give you this command today. So you can see that God is not talking about hired servants here. He's talking about a slave who sells himself, verse 12 said. That's a slave by choice sells himself or herself. And they would do that maybe because they were in debt and needed to get out of debt. So I will work for you. I'll, I'll be your slave for six years. And, and in the seventh year, you would have to set me free because that's what God's telling you to do. But a slave doesn't have the same rights as a hired servant. Can a slave quit if he doesn't like to work? No, he can't, can he? Can a slave protest to the labor board because it doesn't like the way he's being treated? No. Thank you. No, he can't. What rights does a slave have? None. None. They don't have any rights. He sold them all away. He, he, he received some compensation from it, some way, shape, or form. He no longer has those rights. But God's law didn't allow them to mistreat the slaves. You see how that looks? So he says, listen, I'm guaranteeing that as a Hebrew who has is, who is by choice gone into slavery, maybe to get, to get money, to pay a debt, whatever reasons, after six years, in the seventh year, you need to set them free. And when you do, you've got to give them some food, some, some cattle, some, some animals to go along with it. Treat them right when you let them go. Why? So they don't have to sell themselves into slavery the next week just to get something to eat. So you need to let them go and be, and be what they want to be. So, so far we've defined what a slave is and someone who sold themselves into slavery. Now let's look at what makes them actually become a bond slave because they aren't yet. Right now they're just a slave. So verse number 16, but we've been told to set them free, give them good stuff. But if your servant says to you, I do not want to leave you because he loves you and your family and is well off with you, so he's saying, hey, you know what's going to happen is some people aren't going to want to go away. Some people are going to say, I want to stay. I, I, I have come to love your family. I, I like what you're doing here. I like being part of this whole thing. I don't want to go free. I've got the option to go free and I don't want to go free. So he says, okay, if that happens and the person that, that is the master uh, wants to be able to, to, to hang on to them, then here's what it says, then take an awl and push it through his earlobe into the door. In other words, pierce his ear and he'll become your servant for life and do the same for your maidservant. So it's man or woman. They say, I want to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to be your slave for life. Okay. Now you take the earlobe and you put it against the door and you pop a hole in that dude. And why? Well, now You are bonded to. Do you get the picture? It's on the door of the house. You're bonded to it. You're attached to it. You're permanently fixed to the master and his house. And and, and a bond slave could never go free again. But guess what? They could also never be sold. So they were like part of the family. And, and, And why in the world would they do that? Well, because they might have recognized that. You know what? my life i've loved my life with these people i love my life working for my master he treats us so well and and, and we don't have to worry about things ourselves bond slaves don't have to worry about tomorrow they got that taken care of the master's paying attention to them he cares about them so bond slaves lived for their master but the master cared for them looked out for them watched them so it kind of came traditional after they poked the hole in the ear that uh, they would put a gold earring in it. And, and the gold earring then was, was just an example of the fact that this person is bonded. They're fixed to another family. Bond slaves know who they live for. And bond slaves are always available to the one they live for. I'm available to be your servant, remember, consumed by their will. So Mary, when she said, behold, the bondslave of the Lord, do you see what she was really saying now? I'm in it with God for life. I'm yours to do whatever you want me to do. And by the way, Mary wasn't the only one who used that word. No, as a matter of fact, Peter called himself a bond servant or bond slave of Jesus Christ in 2 Peter 1.1. Paul did it in Romans 1-1. James did it in James 1-1. John did it in Revelation 1-1. Jude did it in the first verse of Jude. These mighty men of God start their letters with a declaration of being a bond slave to Jesus, to God. Always available to the one they live for. Wow. What a great example for you and me. Say, God, I'm, I'm here, but I am, I'm all in, but I'm all yours. I think if it was good enough for Peter, Paul, and Mary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And James, John, and Jude. That just told your age right now, I want to tell you. How many of you just caught that and put your hand put your hands up? Be honest. Oh, a couple. Of, thank you, Brady. Look at you, man. All right. Uh, listen, if it's good enough for them, I think that we ought to be bond slaves of the Lord, too. Bond slaves know, know who they live for. You see the parallels of the bond slave and our relationship to God? Here we come as slaves to sin. And, and we come with all we've got to sin, we cannot be free. We come, we come with that as slaves to that. And God says, hey, hey if, if you're ready to work for me, if you're ready to become mine, I'll pay the price for that. And I'll set you free to choose. I think some people say, I want that. I want that freedom. But when it comes to really saying, I'm going to live for you, I'm no longer going to be who I want to know who I live for. And I want to know it's you, God, not me. Not something else or somebody else, just you. That's when we step into that relationship of a bond slave. And God says, now I got you. I care for you. I'm listening to you. I love you. Mary knew what that meant for her. She knew it when she said it. Oh, she would find out over the years different things it meant that she may not have gotten a hold of right then, but she knew what it meant for commitment, and she was all in for that. And by the way, it means the same for us today. Mary knew that it meant she was trusting God with and for her life. She knew that it meant she was voluntarily of her own free will, giving up her rights to God and saying, I'm not choosing to be free of you, Lord God. I'm going to be your bond slave, and I'm going to be that for life. I can and I never will leave you, God. God. And even when I don't understand things, I'm going to serve you, Lord. And even when things don't seem fair, I'm going to serve you, Lord. And even when things seem unjust to me, I'm going to serve you, Lord. And even when it really hurts, I'm going to serve you, Lord. Her duty, she knew, was to be obedient, regardless of the circumstances, to the one she chose to say, I am your bond slave. And she would always be available to the one that she lived for. And what was God's part in that? Listen, man, the moment you said that, Mary, you triggered that agreement between me and you, Mary, listen, I will never leave you or forsake you. I never will. I'll never send her away. God would never send her away. God would be concerned about her needs and would provide for her. God would love her as his adopted child, and God would protect her and care for her. William MacDonald writes that in beautiful submission Mary yielded herself to the Lord for the accomplishment of His wondrous purposes. That's right. Bond slaves know who they live for and are always available to the one they live for. But being a bond slave doesn't have anything to do with ability. It has to do with availability not a way to get some kind of an exalted position it's a servant who recognizes and has chosen to to be obedient to and obey his master who only has as much privilege as the master chooses to give them I think by now you can understand why we would choose to be God's bond slaves and up to now, honestly, the bond slave thing has sounded pretty optional, hasn't it? We get to choose to do that or choose not to do that. But Paul kind of changes that a little bit. Paul says, look, at, if you love Jesus Christ, if you're saying you want to serve him, if you recognize what he's done for you and you've accepted the price he's paid to for your, give your sins, then friend, this should not be an option for you, Paul says. As a matter of fact, you should be about it. In Romans 12, b Paul writes, keep your spiritual fervor, Serving the Lord. Serving. That's the verb form of our word doulos. It's not an option. It's not something just mature Christians do when they've mastered everything else. It's for everyone who accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And by the way, Jesus didn't leave us without an example. He was that example himself. He really was. Paul shows us that in Philippians 2, verses 5 to 7. He says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, doulos, bond slave. Jesus took on that same thing, being made in human likeness. Bond slaves know who they live for and are available to the one they live for. Jesus told the people who followed him, the people who listened to him, he told them that he only did what God the Father told him to do, and he only said what God the Father told him to say. And then he tells you and I to do the same thing. In Matthew 7:21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, he's saying, not everyone who's talking about it, not everyone who says, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Mm, Not all those are going to make it. He says, in fact, here's what he says, but he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Do you see, does the will of my father, remember the definition of doulos, consumed by the will? Oh, So, Jesus is saying, those who really listen to me, who are consumed by doing my will, who have acknowledged that they are bond slaves of the Lord, does the will, they're always available to the one they live for to carry out their will? Oh, friends, it's not about ability, it's about availability. And bond slaves know they've made themselves available to God and they know who they live for. It is not themselves, it's God Almighty. God is so wonderful. <laughs> Today, he's not going to put an awl through your ear. Some of you, it doesn't matter. Already, your ears are already pierced. Uh, m- mine aren't, and I would cry, so I don't want that done. Uh, God says, I'm not going to require that you stick an awl through your ear now. But you know what I want? I want you to be committed to me. I give God the gift of becoming his bond slave. Did you know that's the best gift that you can possibly give him? Uh, Some of you are thinking, yeah, that ain't much. (laughs) I hear you. I've thought that too. I've thought that too. There was a time in my life when I thought God was actually getting a pretty good deal by getting me. Just being honest. Just being honest. We're authentic here, right? I I really did. I thought, man, God, you know, I've done pretty well. Done pretty well. You got me and you got all my stuff. Here I come. I'm yours. (laughs) And then when I lost everything, I had nothing. I didn't know I was going to pay rent the next month. And I was facing a prison sentence and knew I wasn't going to be around for it, for my family. And I'm literally crying out loud, walking by myself through a field saying, God, what is going on? I've got nothing left. I don't know how I'm going to support my family. I don't know what I'm going to do. i got nothing left. But God, what little I have, I'm giving it to you. It's still yours. Oh, and the Holy Spirit just spoke to my spirit so clearly. He said, that's all I've wanted all along. I don't need your stuff. I just want you. And I remember at the time thinking to myself, good luck with that. You got it, but it ain't much. See what you can do with that. I still think that sometimes. You are the best gift you can possibly give God. And it's all he wants, but he wants all of you. He really does. He wants you to say, Lord, Lord, you're deserving of my best, and I can't believe the best I got is me, but here it is. It's a correct response to God for him being with us, Emmanuel. It's how he's designed his family to operate. Now listen, God's if you, if you wander off a little bit, I, I want to tell you, God's not going to call his dogs out and chase you down like the pictures you see, you know, the slaves running away. We're going to chase them down. we got the dogs and we got the gun. God's not doing that. He's expecting you to understand, wait a minute, you've made this commitment. And some of you might've made this commitment. Some of you are watching online right now might've made this commitment. And you realize as I'm talking about this, you aren't living that at all. You're actually living for yourself. You're actually living for something else, completely. And you're all consumed with that and you're recognizing that right now. You are not a bond slave and the gift that you gave at one time, you've taken back and run with it. I wanna tell you, he's not chasing you, but he's waiting for you to come back. He's waiting for you to come back to him because you know he's your master and you know you belong to him because you committed it. And he's saying, would you come back? A bond slave's satisfaction is found in always being available to serve their master. They look for his approval and his approval only, no other person's approval. Don't worry about what other people think about you, just worry about what he thinks about you. The one who is more gracious than anyone else, the one who is more forgiving than anyone else, the one who created you and loves you and wants to be in relationship with you, think about him. He's the only one who you have to worry about, the only one whose approval matters to you. Bond slaves know who they live for. I think by now you probably realize that it's not a small thing that the Lord is asking of you. Hmm? It's a big thing. And when you sign on that dotted line, when you make that commitment, your options are gone. You've signed them away. You're committed to him for your life. You've given him your life. And that can be a little bit scary if, if you don't trust the master, if you don't know the master. Can I just assure you, can I just, just give you a little bit of confidence in the fact that he is perfectly trustworthy. He's perfectly trustworthy. He will not leave you alone. He'll be so excited about you bringing him the gift of yourself. You can do that. God knows you, and he wants to be in a loving relationship with you. He actually wants to partner with you in all of the things of your life, in what you do for a job, and how your relationships work out, in everything about you. He wants to work with you, but he's not an equal partner. No, no, no. He's the lead partner. He's the directing partner. He's the master partner. Mary understood that. And God's reminding us this season, if we will treat him that way, he will direct us and lead us in the way he wants us to go. He will never leave us or forsake us. He will be available to us. My part, your part, is to say, behold, your bond slave. Let it be to me according to what you want, Lord. My part is to know who I live for, to know who I live for, This season, friends, defines that for you. Do you see that? God's heart, God knows your heart. He knows your heart. He knows what's in there. He knows what you're thinking, and he wants to help you. God knows your needs, and he wants to care for you. God knows your hurts, and he wants to heal them for you. God knows your pain, and he wants to carry it for you. God knows your sorrow, and he wants to replace it with joy for you. God knows your sin, every stinking one of them, and he wants to forgive them all for you. Now listen. As soon as you start seriously thinking about this, thinking, man, I've got to, I want to do this. I want to give myself to God in this way. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear the devil whisper in your ear. And he's going to say something like, if you give yourself to serve others, who's looking out for you? You better be careful about making that kind of commitment. You know you've made commitments in the past you haven't followed up with. Do you know that? And listen, remember, you're the captain of your destiny. You're the master of your fate. Don't let somebody else control you. Don't let somebody else take charge over you. That's what's going to be coming at you. Can I tell you, give you permission? It almost feels unchristian, but it's not. Tell him to go to hell. That's where he comes from, and you do not need to have him directing you that way or messing with your mind that way. The reality is every one of us serves someone. Bond slaves just know who they live for. So it's a wise decision to give yourself to the Lord as his bond slave because he takes excellent care of those who are committed to him. Our sustenance comes from him. Everything that's worthwhile comes from him. Our ability to produce comes from him. Our ability to live comes from him. Our lives are filled with purpose and focus when we live for our master and are directed by him. He fills our hearts with peace and joy. And if we fall or fail, he is there to pick us up. God loves and provides for his bond slaves. The Christmas season, an amazing, defining time. How does it define you? Remember, it's a season not about ability, but about availability. Jesus was available to become human, die for you and me, pay the price for our sins, Mary was available to birth the Messiah. Joseph was available to be a stepdad. The shepherds were available to spread the news. The wise men were available to travel far just to worship and to give to Jesus. From shepherds, these poor guys who don't know anything, economically out of sync, to wise men who are wealthy, intelligent, clear, concrete proof that it's not about ability, but about availability and who you're willing to live for. And God's plan for you is Emmanuel, God with us. He wants to live in you and with you and have you be available to him to carry out his plans. That's his plan. Church full of bond slaves where everyone's looking out for everyone else, where we find freedom in him, freedom from fear and from worry, freedom from our sins. Emmanuel, God with us. And our response Friends should be like Mary's. Behold, I am the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Listen, if you've never made that choice, you can do that today. You can make that choice today. If you've made that choice and found yourself walking away from it, you can correct that today. Come to him in prayer today. Let's pray together right now and, and ask him for that. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for Mary, for the example that she is to us, for how she leaned into you and said, I am your bond slave. Let it be to me as according to your word. Lord, right now I'm praying for those who have not made that decision, that they might make that decision even this morning. And if that's you, all you need to do is pray a prayer like this to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need to have my sins forgiven. I admit that I cannot make it on my own. I confess that, Lord. I believe that you've paid the price for that. And I want to step into that and own that. I want to be your bond slave. Would you show me what that means and help me carry that out? And Lord, I pray right now for those who, um, who've walked away, that they would come back to you and say, Jesus, I, I, I'm sorry. I've missed. I've been away. I want to come back. Forgive me. Direct me. Guide me. Let me live for you. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Lord, thanks for the season that defines us, that helps us know that. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. I want to give you the blessing from the Lord and then we're going to continue to worship together. Um, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you to give you his peace and his strength so that you can be a bond slave of Jesus and experience Emmanuel, God with you. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, amen. Amen, let's continue to worship the Lord.